0: The CPHI Podcast Series.
1: Hello and welcome back to the CPHI Podcast Series, your monthly soundbite on the trends and developments impacting the global pharma value chain. I'm Rebecca Lumley, Pharma Editor at Informa Markets, and in this edition we'll be discussing the relationship between data and sustainability. Today we have the pleasure of being joined by Frederick Gerst and Feliska Bruce from SHL Medical, a producer of advanced delivery devices such as auto injectors and pen injectors. Frederick is manager of data science at SHL where he works on gleaning insights from data using techniques like artificial intelligence and deep learning. Before joining SHL he worked in the medical device startup space. Beliske is an environmental, social and governance project manager who plays a key role in implementing SHL's sustainability program. She holds a PhD in fiber and polymer science and has been working in the medical industry for more than five years. Frederick Feliska, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Rebecca. Glad to be here.
2: Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks.
1: Sustainability is fast becoming a bit of a buzzword for pharma and biopharma companies. What does sustainability mean to SHL Medical? Luska, I'll direct that to you.
3: Well, Rebecca, at the SHL, we understand sustainability as a constant endeavor to evolve our mindsets, our practices and processes to meet these changing times. Our vision drives our investments for sustainable initiatives, such as continuously striving to reduce our carbon footprint, enhancing the safety and health of our employees, but also helping our customer demands and caring about the environment, of course.
1: So which sustainability initiatives are SHL undertaking? What are your goals? We have established our environmental, social
3: and governance strategy based on the three pillars that represent our core priorities, product, people and planet. For the product, we are focusing in developing sustainable designs and also using sustainable materials to look for alternative plastic and also recyclable packaging options. In the case of the people, we focus on working environment that encourage a diverse talent pool, but also it's really important with the employee satisfaction and engagement. This is a key foundation for contributing to a more positive uh, social impact. And finally, Planet. With this, we want to refer to our commitment to preserve and contribute to a more sustainable environment. By this uh, we are improving our manufacturing processes and also supply chain strategy to ensure continuous reduction of our carbon footprint emissions, water usage and waste and drive our business towards
1: circularity. So then Frederick, what is the link between these initiatives and data science?
2: That's a great question, and one I think we get all the time. I think it's easy to think that we're trying to play some version of, like, kind of buzzword bingo, where we take kind of the two hottest fields that are around in the industry right now, data science, sustainability, and we try and stitch them together and then sort of shoehorn that into an initiative. But honestly... When you consider that the goal of both functions is to try and get the most out of the company with as small negative impact as possible, you really see that there's a ton of crossover between the two functions with any organization. Originally what brought our departments together was exactly that discussion. When we look at the modern literature concerning data science, especially in the areas of optimization, great deal of research has been done on things like minimizing the energy impacts of your production process, minimizing the material needs of a design. And we realized quite early on that when you have a positive effect in those areas, it doesn't just affect the environment. It also affects the bottom line of your manufacturing the and essentially the bottom line of your company. So, you know, we're always looking for ways to sort of maximize our bandwidth, minimize cost, And when we had discussions between data science and the sustainability department, there was a lot of discussion around how do these things meet and where do they meet? And the most obvious link between us simply comes down to the fact that a more efficient company inherently has a smaller footprint than a less efficient one. This is one of the things that sustainability and and us, that we've been working together to highlight in our sort of data-driven sustainability approach, which is, for many operations, we really believe there are a lot of win-win scenarios. And that's to say that you don't have to make a ton of sacrifices in your goals or, or your other initiatives just to be sustainable. So everything doesn't have to be some sort of painful trade-off and we've been striving to really identify early on the scenarios where we can create a true win-win scenario and find creative ways in seeing them rolled out in real-world environments.
1: Absolutely, so you you say that there are a lot of win-win scenarios that can come from this. Could you talk a little bit about the potential impact of actually establishing a data-driven approach and then applying that to sustainability?
2: Absolutely. And I don't want to get on a tear where I'm sort of just waxing poetic about how I feel about data science. But it is my belief that more than almost anything, data can be a strong driver to bring large groups of people together as it has a huge potential to highlight how we're all connected to each other. Using the approaches that we harness within our department, we try to really establish a link from areas like design and manufacturing, all the way to something that may be very far away, like patient outcome and environmental outcomes. It's easy to think that our process and our product stops with the patient, but really as a company, we impact so many different people and stakeholders, whether it's patient, a patient's family, or the environment. In that respect, sort of the whole world is a customer of SHL. So in that respect, we really need to think about how we impact all these different stakeholders, all these different varied customers through our entire life cycle. And using data, we can bring this very holistic view to our product and our process. And we can open the doors for the entire organization to be more mindful of the impact they're having on everyone, even if they think that they're quite far from the end result, right? If you're an assembler on the factory floor, you're probably not thinking a lot about how your decisions impact so many different stakeholders. Or if you're a designer who's making design decisions that might be four or five years removed from the release of a product, it's difficult to always highlight how the decisions you make today and the actions you take really have these far reaching effects. And I think using data, we're really able to, to highlight for every participant within the company how they matter to that product.
1: Absolutely, and how does that then play into the innovative development of drugs and devices?
2: Originally, our team was actually made up of a group of people from SHL's internal innovation departments. So it's a huge, strong interest for us, right? Because we were all sort of part of the original R&D effort at SHL, myself included. And a lot of these techniques really boil down to applying some sort of mathematical method to formalize your understanding of a system. And I think that becomes important because it's easy when you're trying to innovate To get kind of lost and what do you know and what don't you know in that respect what i mean is that an important aspect of innovation is always going to be challenging right it's challenging the current system challenging the status quo challenging the information you have and if that information if that data if that map isn't readily available, if your company hasn't taken the time or gotten to a level of maturity where some of the things about how they operate and the impacts of their operation has, hasn't been systematized yet, then it becomes very difficult leading an innovation group to really challenge them because you're, you you're always sort of feel like you're trying to tackle smoke and you never really know what the target is. Once you've really figured out where you think you are missing value or there's a gap you can start really innovating and challenging and exploring that. And all of these things become like a very difficult multi-factor optimization scenario. Designers are always gonna wanna be as effective as possible, as inexpensive as possible, as easy to manufacture as possible, and now as sustainable as possible. And understanding all those connections between your innovation team, your current operations, and then of course, understanding how they connect to the end user really allows people to do a ton of innovative work that's not repeating or rebuilding the wheel as it were. Like these data-driven approaches allow people to identify new opportunities and really quickly iterate through new potential solutions. And I think that's the most powerful aspect for how we can take both these data-driven results as well as the sustainability data that we're collecting now and really feed that back into our innovation process.
0: Are you struggling to cut through the noise? The pharmaceutical industry can be a crowded market. Partner with CPHI Online, the largest pharma marketplace and community worldwide. Get direct access to 280,000 pharma buyers and gather qualified leads all year round to help build your pipeline and grow your revenue. With CPHI Online, you'll be able to stand out from the competition and reach a large global pharma audience. To learn more about promoting your company using only one platform, go to cphionline.com.
1: So SHL are particularly known for their expertise in auto-injectory development. How have you made the manufacturing process for these devices more sustainable or efficient? Feliska, I'll throw that over to you.
3: Well, as Frederick mentioned, we rely on data science to identify the largest contributors to our CO2 emissions and also waste outputs. One of these is the energy consumption in manufacturing. So with this in mind, we managed to reduce our overall energy consumption in relation to the manufacturing output. And we have done heavy investments in a state of the art molding technology, and with that, we could save up to 50% in energy consumption. We are also investing in powering all our sites with renewable energy, and by that, reduce our emissions.
1: And do you think that there is a commercial upside to pharma companies becoming more sustainable?
3: Absolutely. Every partner, supplier, customer, everyone has an agenda on reducing the carbon footprint of their activities, reducing waste, and also provide sustainable solutions. Not only the industry, but also the end users themselves. They are highly aware of environmental issues and therefore demand solutions that meet sustainable requirements. Since we have full in-house capabilities from design, development to manufacturing, this gives us a lot of control over sustainability factors and the opportunity, of course, to take the leading role when it comes to sustainable
1: design trains working towards circularity. So then, final question, and Frederick, I'll come back to you. If somebody is listening to this podcast now and they are hoping to establish that data-driven approach to sustainability, how can they get started? What are some of the key considerations that they should be aware of?
2: Yeah, I would say just start. Start beginning to work with people that are already collecting data in your organization. See what data is missing. Start problem solving with your sustainability teams or any other teams. And and start using that data to make some data-driven decisions. They're they're not all going to be great, but go back, make the decisions, revisit them, and see what those decisions and assumptions were. And then don't be so afraid of failures and if you keep using the data and growing with it you'll find that you're going to start getting more hits than misses i think so many organizations are constantly trying to be overly conservative when it comes to data driven approaches you know they always think well we don't have enough data we don't have the right data we we need to collect more do more and you know it's never going to be enough You're never going to have a perfect set of data. It's never going to be organized perfectly. It's never going to be the perfect infrastructure. The world's just too dynamic for that. So you just have to start getting in there and you have to start working with the data to see where there's value. And then I think the biggest part that we've striven as a team is to really take that data and get it in front of people that are are having a lot of data a day impact within the company and in our case you know like working with the sustainability group so that they can start reacting to it it can't just exist within the data science sort of ecosphere it needs to really get out within the organization i think that it's incredibly important and i strive to always kind of tell my team you know yeah you're never going to have everything organized in a nice excel sheet that you can easily process But all the data in the company is is essentially out there somewhere. And even the people within the company represent a massive data source. So if you need to know more, you have to go out and interact within your organization, identify the areas that you can have impact, and really start iterating over those. I would say that the big thing to do to get a data-driven initiative started is to start getting that early momentum start gathering the data processing the data and getting it in front of as many people as possible and i think you'll start seeing real value sooner than you think. And that momentum will carry you farther than you think it will.
1: So there you have it, just start. That's some good advice. Feliska Frederick, thank you so much for joining us. That's all we have for this episode. That's all we have time for. Thank you for listening. For more news features and expert content on all things impacting pharmaceutical supply chains, manufacturing, drug development, packaging, and drug delivery, please head to cphionline.com.
0: Thank you for listening to the CPHI podcast series. For pharmaceutical news, webinars, events and more, visit cphionline.com.